Episode 1 of the Pilot to Pilot podcast takes off now. Hello aviators and welcome to episode 1 of the Pilot to Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and thank you for tuning in today for this episode. Today we are talking with Patrick Pierce, the founder of the popular Instagram page Instaplane. Instaplane currently has 178,000 followers and is constantly growing. They post some of the best aviation photographs and videos on the internet. It is truly a place to go to be encouraged and inspired. Today throughout this episode we'll find out how Patrick caught the aviation bug, a time his flight instructor saved his life, why he made Instaplane, what the future of Instaplane is, and most importantly, the secret to being reposted on his page. And without further ado, here's Patrick Pierce. Hey Patrick, how you doing? Thanks for joining the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. No problem, man. I'm glad we could finally get this figured out. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while, but I'm excited to get started. Let's do yeah, this. for sure. So tell me about your story a little bit. Tell me about why you chose to be a pilot, like why the pilot life was for you. Okay, so in my family, I have no aviation background. And I know a lot of people who become pilots, um, either their dad was a pilot or their grandpa was. And I just didn't, I had no aviation background whatsoever. And so um, when I was in eighth grade, my friend who went to my school, her dad had a Columbia 400 aircraft out of the local airport here in Arizona. And she was like, hey, Patrick, do you want to go up with me? We can fly up, up north to this town of a uh, small town of Payson. And I was like, sure, ap- absolutely. Like I'll 100% take a free airplane ride, right? <laughs> For sure. And uh, and so we we start flying and I was like, man, this is awesome. I was obviously blown away by how like com- like complex everything was. It was just like crazy. And but like as the flight went on, I was like, wow, this is like incredible. Like you can see everything so much differently. It's just a beautiful views everywhere. And once the flight was over, I something just kind of clicked in me. I was like, something has definitely changed. And I that's when what, what people say I caught the aviation bug then because after that, I was just like totally into it. I remember I would go to like the airport, the local airport uh, where we flew out of like every week and then go plane spotting out there with my camera. My parents at first were like kind of confused there because they didn't really know where it came from. It came out of nowhere. So uh, I waited about two years, you know, I'd plane spot every week and just super, super into it. And uh, starting my sophomore year of high school is when I started flying at the local flight school there. And I've just been flying ever since. I still don't have my private because I've been balancing it with high school you know, and sports and everything. But it's been a really, really fun process. So that's how it all started was my friend's Columbia 400. That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome to have a friend that has a Columbia 400. That oh, yeah. Take a ride it was awesome. Yeah. She, uh, what does she have now? She has a Pilatus PC 12. No now. way. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. I haven't flown in that yet, but that's definitely something I'm looking forward to doing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of spoiled you because you go from flying a Columbia 400 and then your initial trainings in what a 152 or a 172. Right. Right. So yeah. I was like, I was like, darn, this is, this airplane is not as fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. To do. That's pretty funny. That's cool, man. So you were 14 years old then when you took your first flight, and that's when you said you caught the aviation bug? Correct. I was 14 years old when that happened, yeah. I think I caught the aviation bug. I caught it a little bit later in life. My grandpa and dad were both pilots, but I they never pressured me into it. I kind of just did my own thing. I always thought I was going to make it to the NFL or NBA with sports, and then all of a sudden I was in college and none of these classes were really clicking with me and I decided to right. take my first flight. Yeah. And kind of like you said, as soon as I got in the air, I looked outside 
And I looked down and I was like, this is awesome. I want to make this my office for the rest of my life. And right. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely one of those, one of the most profound things I've ever heard is like the best office view is uh, the office of a pilot. And you know, it's better than being stuck in a cubicle or something. Cause you have this, the entire world in front of you. And it really is one of the, one of the best views. That's so true. So would you say your favorite plane that you have flown would be the Columbia 400? Have you flown anything cool or cooler than that? Um, I did fly the Columbia 400, but my flight school, it's a Cirrus-based flight school. Um, I do fly 172 there at the flight school, but they also have Cirrus aircraft. And I was able to fly the Cirrus SR-22 carbon oh, cool. model. And that, that was that was insane. It was the most like, elaborate uh, four-seater four aircraft I've ever been in. And this, like, it was this so modern and everything. It was ridiculous. It, that was probably the coolest airplane I've flown in so far. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never gotten the ability to fly a Cirrus, but they look pretty fun. Yeah, they're much, much different, especially just not having a yoke and having a, a joystick instead is a much, much different about that. They're also a lot faster, so you have to kind of deal with that. Like when you're going around the pattern, uh, you really need to be on top of your game because you don't have much time to just kind of chill because you're already like on the next step. You know, you're on the downwind, then you turn base, and then you're on your final, and it's just very, very quick. But it's, it's a really fun aircraft to fly. I was actually in Knoxville, Tennessee the other day, and I got to see the Cirrus jet. Oh, really? They had a bunch of people there, and they were debuting the Cirrus jet to, I think, probably about 40 or 50 people that have already purchased them, and they go up, take them in the pattern. It was a really cool plane to see. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. The head flight instructor at my flight school is actually there in Knoxville. Oh, was and, he? Uh, yeah. So um, he was there. He met the owner of Cirrus and everything, and he got it also a, a – tour of the new Sears jet and he said it was it was just incredible it was absolutely that's, incredible yeah that's really cool i probably saw him there then they actually had the nissan the heads of nissan were there so like the ceo and the of ceo of nissan automotive company were in knoxville test flying the jet it was pretty cool that's awesome yeah that really pretty fun cool. so do you have a favorite aviation story so far i know you said that you haven't gotten your private yet but i'm sure you've had some pretty cool things happen to you in arizona yeah, uh, I have one story, and it involves birds, which is never a good thing when, <laughs> when flying. So my uh, flight instructor and I went out to the practice area just north of Scottsdale Airport, and we were flying around. We were at 4,500, I believe, was the altitude. And we're flying, doing steep turns and uh, practicing stalls and um, pattern work. Um, not pattern work, um, street pattern work. And um, all of a sudden... And it's, it's not very common that these birds are out here. All, all of a sudden, there's a huge just flock of doves out there. So my flight instructor pulls down on the yoke, and the plane just sinks. And we miss the birds probably by just a couple feet. Good, and I, I just look behind me, and there's the entire flock of birds in the back window. And, I mean, my flight instructor has been doing this for years and years now, and he was pretty rattled. And obviously, I was rattled, too. That was the first time I've, I've ever witnessed anything like that. And it, it was just crazy. Um, so that is definitely the time that my flight instructor saved my, my life. And so now since then, I've always just been more uh, vigilant for birds and everything because it is uh, it was that was definitely an eye opening experience for sure. For sure. Airplanes and birds do not mix very well. So no, I could yeah. definitely see why that would be a crazy experience and kind of perk you up for future flights to be looking out for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't really think about them when you're flying, um, but when they're there uh, and you witness something like that, you just understand how dangerous they can actually be. Oh, for sure. I mean, I th it was at my flight school. I think it happened a year before I got there. 
but there's a guy who went up on his first flight after he got his private pilot license and he was flying around doing touch and goes and then he comes back and lands with a bird in his windshield a bird flew through his windshield and cracked the windshield so it happens to people and it's definitely something that people need to be looking out for wow that that is incredible yeah i mean it's something that you just are not consciously thinking of, but um, it's definitely a real, real danger if you're not paying attention. Especially if you're out there doing maneuvers and steep turns, your your head is in the plane, out of the plane. You're focused on so much stuff. You're not really in the mind. You're not thinking about, oh, well, are there birds around me? Are there trees? Are there this? You're not. Re- you're more focused on the maneuver. So I'm sure that even kind of added to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's very true. I was focusing on what I should be doing next to my maneuver and I just was not thinking about the outside. So, I mean, that's an important lesson. Uh, What's going on the outside of the plane is just as important as what's going on inside of the plane. That's very true. I have uh, one story that I had from my flight training when I was in Ohio, when I was in Columbus, Ohio. I was flying in the pattern. I was flying to the pattern just north of Ohio State University Airport. And I was coming in, flying through the practice area. There's another flight school in the field that doesn't talk in our practice area. They don't talk until they have to talk. Oh, really? So I was coming in, yeah, and I was, I called up Tower and I was like, "Hey, Tower, I'm 10 miles north. Got the weather. I'm inbound. Full stop." And then two seconds later, a diamond calls up saying, "Hey, Tower, we're 10 miles north. Inbound. Full stop." And he just goes, "Hey, two aircraft. You guys are really close to each other. Like, you'd make a left turn and you make a right turn." And so when I made the left turn, I saw probably about like 10 to 20 feet below me was the diamond. And I mean, wow. I've never been more scared in my life. I pitched up immediately and turned away from him. And ever since then, I've just like you, you got, you can't trust other people. You got to be looking out on your own and you got to make sure that you have your own separation from any kind of plane. That's, that's very true. I mean, the air traffic control is obviously very helpful and they do a great job, but I mean, they're also human too. And so. I mean, it really comes down to, you know, what you're looking out for and what's best for you and your aircraft, because that's a prime example right there with, they just didn't catch it in time with that diamond. So, right. And it's even, it's easy. Like you said, they're human and they do their job, but sometimes they can make a mistake or in this case, they don't really have radar. They were using the radar that they're, they're underneath the class Charlie airport. So they're used borrowing their radar. So legally, I don't know if they're allowed to like tell me that they're there. So it was kind of a interesting scenario. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is intense. But it was fun. Definitely got my blood pumping and I wanted to follow the guy and tell him like, why don't you talk? That's it's like, that's the importance of talking in aviation. You need to tell people where you are, what you're doing and what your attention is. Yeah. I would be very upset too. Yeah. It was, it was a fun time. So have you been with the same flight instructor this whole time then? Have you switched up or have you been keeping the same one? Um, I have switched up uh, flight instructors. I've actually had four, um, but okay. my original flight instructor, Carl, is still there. I just have not trained with him recently since I've been handed off to another instructor for my cross-country flights. Um, and uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I think it's important for people to know that if you do get changed for a flight instructor, um, I know it stressed me out personally at first because I was like, uh, I almost felt like I needed to prove myself to this new flight and to the new instructor. And, um, I realized that like, really it was not just that, that big of a deal. And, um, each of the four flight instructors were completely different in their own way. So I thought that was beneficial to me because now I got to, um, be able to experience these different personalities and how they fly and how they, you know, just are handling themselves in the world of aviation for sure. And so I got to just surround myself uh, with many different personalities. And I think that's important 
for pilots because uh, when it comes time to um, fly in the airlines or with other people, uh, that's going to be the case all the time because not everyone's going to be you know the exact same. And so I thought um, at first I was stressed out about that, and I realize now that's very beneficial. So that's very true. Yeah, I was at when I was at Ohio State, they made a point that you can't have the same flight instructor over and over again because you sometimes you can get comfortable and you might not be able to learn as much. Maybe you need an outsider to come and tell you that, hey, like you're not really doing this very well where your old flight instructor you had for a year or two knows you and knows what you can and can't do and maybe kind of got a little lackadaisical. So it's always good to have a fresh mind come in and tell you what's going wrong and what you can be doing better. And even if you don't necessarily get along with them, it's still good to listen to them and hear what they have to say because they can still teach you something. They are a CFI. They know what they're doing and they know what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, at first it was like frustrating because um, uh, when you're talking about when uh, the new instructor finds out you're doing something wrong, that's ex exactly the case uh, when I changed my flight instructor for the first time. Uh, he was a lot more picky about certain things that my other instructor wasn't. But I would say in the end, it made me a better pilot because now I was more like aware of doing everything um, more correctly than I was before. Right. And like you said earlier, too, when you further your career and say you're flying for an airline, you don't get to choose who you fly with every time. Like you're exactly. going to fly with some people that you don't like. And it's good to get used to it as soon as possible. It's good to see what people fly differently. You're going to fly with hundreds of people your whole life here and notice that very rarely do people fly the exact same so it's good now to get the exposure to see that hey maybe this guy has a different approach and maybe it can work where it gets you out of your comfort zone a little bit and see that there are other ways to do things absolutely so you're senior in high school right now and you're getting ready to college was aviation a big factor into making you choose the college you wanted to go to absolutely aviation was a huge factor because I really want to get that for your degree of college and have flight school at the same time. And so when it came to me choosing a college, I wanted a school that had like a good college atmosphere, but then also had a flight program as well. And so I ended up choosing Baylor University. So when it comes to college, I think it's important that you have a university that offers a flight program. It's just a lot easier for yourself because now you can do college and flight school at the same time instead of having two like separate lives basically pretty much yeah it can be i when i was in college like i said earlier i didn't know that i wanted to be a pilot i didn't even i chose ohio state for other reasons i didn't know that aviation was going to be the route i was going to choose so it just kind of worked out for me but i definitely think it's important to choose a school that has a good past and a good record of being an aviation school um, and you want to, like you mentioned earlier, you set up tours, you called people, you wanted to meet the people that were, that were going to be teaching you. And it's important to do that when you're choosing your college too. It's important to go visit different schools and see their equipment because some schools might not have the best equipment. I mean, it might surprise you, but there's some schools out there that do not have good and reputable airplanes or maintenance staffs. Yeah, ab absolutely. So when I went to Baylor, I made sure to meet with the head of the aviation department and uh not only is that is that beneficial um because you get to meet who's in charge of the whole operation but also if you need to get into that college he can help you out by writing you like a recommendation and then we also checked out the fleet there in waco and uh i mean i was impressed by the um by all the aircraft they had there it's different at, at every school though when it comes in terms of the technology and the models of the aircraft but it's definitely good to get acquainted with the planes you're going to be flying in, you know, if you're a senior the next year, because then you can kind of 
already have an idea of what it's going to be like when you really start uh, get, getting going on your aviation career. For sure. Definitely. It's definitely important to do that. Did you have anyone you knew in Baylor or was it just like you said, you, it just felt like it was the right fit for you? I have an older cousin who goes there. She's going to be a senior next year. She's not related to aviation at all, but um, she was just telling me about the school. And I honestly didn't know they had a flight program until I started looking into it around my junior year. Yeah. Um, but um, it just it, it was a school, like I said, that had like the college atmosphere that I wanted along with the good flight program. And so that's kind of why I decided to go there. I saw a while back on your Instagram page, insta.plane, that you actually met up with Jeffrey, the pilot. How did that all that come together? So uh, Jeffrey and I just kind of talked casually. Um, we knew each other as we I would repost some of his content for Rhino watches that uh, the watch company that we both advertise for. He's an ambassador. He's an ambassador for them. So we kind of just talked like every once in a while casually. And then he messaged me one day and said, hey, I'm flying into Phoenix Sky Harbor. I would love to meet up with you. And I was like, that's awesome. And uh, it was it was in June, so I was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna let you know it's gonna be like a living hell down here. It's gonna be super hot." And he was like, "Oh, it's it's all good." So um, he flew down, and I ended up meeting him there at the FBO. And uh, really he cool. he's he's a he's a really really great guy. Um, he's like one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and he uh, toured me around the airplane. And uh, I met his co-pilot, who was a very interesting and he he was, he was an awesome guy. And uh, and he just kind of told me his spiel on um, what it's like to be a corporate pilot and the benefits and the pros and the cons. And it was really, really great to hear that from him. And it was just a really good experience. Uh, we, of course, took some pictures, which were later up on Instagram. And so, <laughs> of course, yeah, that was uh, it was a great experience, though. And it was uh, I'm hoping he comes down again because I would like to uh, meet up a second time. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, it's been kind of cool to see him and his how he's just kind of exploded over the last year or two and how he's pretty much became the Instagram influencer that he is and the pilot that he is. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's very true. When he says he's an Instagram influencer, he definitely means it. For sure. And then speaking of Instagram, we uh, when we're advertising for this podcast, we kind of gave it out to the listeners to see if they had any questions. And we have a quest- couple of questions from them. The first one was, how do you start and choose a flight school? So when starting and choosing a flight school, you want to find a school that, like we talked about earlier, has, you know, clean records with maintenance with the aircraft, uh, an instructor or instructors that are the right fit, and one that would be preferably close to where you live or go to school. And um, some airports only have one flight school, some airports don't have flight schools, and then some airports have multiple flight schools. In my case, it had two two flight schools, so I kind of had to cross-examine both flight schools and see which one was the best fit for me. And um, when choosing a, a flight school, you just want to, when it comes to pricing, uh, especially for, for pricing, they're usually competitive with each other if it's in the local area. And so that can be a factor as well. But um, that's kind of basically how you choose a flight school is you just do some research. You can call like the head office at the airport, and they usually have information of the businesses that are there. And flight schools are usually under that business directory that they have. Yeah, I'd agree. I would definitely echo what you just said. It's important to do your research, you know, and look what you're getting into. This is a place where you're going to get the foundation for the pilot that you're going to be for the next 30, 40, 50 years in your professional career. So you want to pick the best place possible. That's going to give you the best opportunity to continue your future and to continue your career. So definitely call flight schools 
go visit them, see what they fly, talk to people around the school, maybe former students and find out as much information as you possibly can. Because like I said, it's to me the foundations of who you are as a pilot. Yeah, it's, that's, that's very, very true. And, um, when we're talking about uh, choosing the right flight school, I chose this, the first flight school, um, where I, I met my instructor, Carl, uh, it, it was a good, good, good flight school. Absolutely. And then Carl, um, decided that he was going to change to the other flight school. And, um, the, the other flight school that I first looked at obviously had made some massive improvements and Carl wanted to get the head position there. And I decided that I was going to follow Carl over there. And so I, I, I changed flight schools. And, uh, at first I was stressed out that it was going to be like a big change. And it really just was not that big of a change at all. And I think in the end it was a good move because what we were talking about earlier is it led me to meet new flight instructors and get more experience that way with meeting new and like different people. And so, um, you know, that can also happen as well when you're choosing a flight school is things can change a lot. And the game of aviation, there's lots of change involved with it. So that also can happen when you're choosing a flight school. And game of aviation is a lot of changes. You did not make a true point, my friend. It is so true. Even in my career right now, it's I fly part 135 freight and then we hurry up and wait and then we change airports. We do whatever to get the job done. And there's so much change in aviation. So it's good to get used to it early on. Yeah. Uh, change, change in patience are the name of the game. Uh, for, Very true. For example, I'm working on my last cross country solo and uh, in Arizona, it hardly ever rains. And the last three three weekends, since I've only had the weekends available because of school and sports right now, uh, it has been raining when I when I uh, scheduled the actual flights. So I've kind of gotten uh, kind of gotten ripped off there with that. But I mean, that's just the name of the game is patience. You never know what the weather's going to do. And uh, so if you go into the aviation uh, industry with a Minecraft with a mine set, not Minecraft, with a mindset. <laughs> of um just maintaining a sense of patience then that will definitely help you out in the long run yeah patience is key in being a pilot and it's like you said it's very very important to get that down fast absolutely so another question from one of our followers was how do you know if the flight school you're in is right for you did you ever have a feeling that a flight school wasn't right for you and if it was not right for you did you switch or did you stay so when it I knew that a flight school was right just based off how professional they acted when it came in terms of uh, the front desk lady to the instructor to the people working the maintenance. And uh, the first flight school I chose, um, they were fairly professional, but there was also some maintenance issues involved that they didn't touch up on, and that was kind of unsettling. And right when it kind of began to reach its peak of just kind of being a little sketchy almost, I mean, not like super sketchy, but it was just a little, um, they didn't really have their stuff together hundred percent as much as they should. That's when my instructor Carl, uh, decided to move. And so I think that actually worked out really well for me because then I was able to go to a flight school that really stepped up their game and they were much more professional. So, uh, you just kind of get the vibe right off the bat, how the flight school is going to work when it comes in terms of the instructors, how they do their thing, how they maintain the aircraft and it comes to maintenance and stuff like that. So that's how I would kind of know that the flight school is right for you. For sure. You can definitely, just by going there, you can get the vibe right off the bat. You know if it's a good situation or a bad situation. Absolutely. That's very, very true. All right. Third question is, what if you can't afford flight school? This is a very common question that not only I have received, but I also had to 
look into when I was becoming a pilot because in the matter, the fact is aviation is expensive. You have to spend a lot of money before you even have the opportunity to make any money. So what do you go about in paying for flight school? In my situation, it may not be as, um, to be honest, as good as an answer as yours in terms of this question. But uh, what I do know is that many people, including myself, um, they usually work towards flying. Uh, there's, I remember I used to uh, walk around the hangars there and ask private pilots if they needed help, like cleaning out their hangars or whatever, just to make money so I could fly uh, whenever I could just to get started. Um, for me also, though, I'm blessed to be able to have my parents. They supply uh, some of the financial um, things that I need to finish off that flight school. And then uh, later in college, I will be taking out loans to help pay for uh, to finish my flight training. There are other ways. There are scholarships and there are grants and there's aid, but those can be pretty hard and pretty competitive to get. But I definitely would recommend anyone looking into aviation to look into every single possibility. It doesn't matter if someone offers you $5. That's $5 more that you have to spend on flight training, and it's $5 to help change your life and put you in the best career possible. Absolutely. That's very, very true. And one thing to look at when you're choosing the flight school is also ask them the prices. Ask them up front. Like I know they can't give you exact prices because every student's different and you might need to repeat a couple more lessons, but just figure out what's the average price that they have to spend to get their private pilot license or to get their instrument rating or multi-engine rating. What are people spending at your school? That will kind of give you guidelines on to see how expensive they are, if it's a place you can trust. And sometimes you'll find out that the most expensive flight school is not always the best flight school. So it's good to ask that question when you go into it. Right. And uh, when it comes to terms of um, pricing also, uh, many flight schools, they charge uh, for the gas or they don't charge for the gas if someone is uh, being charged wet or dry. And uh, that's a huge factor too because uh, based on the price of gas per gallon or liter or wherever you're flying at, um, that can have a huge factor as well that if you do have to pay for the gas or if the flight school pays for the airplane's gas while you're renting it out. That's very true. My flight school, the single engine planes, you didn't have to pay for gas, but the multi-engine planes, you did have to pay for gas. So Interesting. Yeah, it was definitely something to look out for and definitely look into and ask those questions. And then this one we've already answered. It was, what is your favorite aircraft you have flown? And you said it was the SR-22 Carbon Edition, correct? Yes, that is yeah. correct. Do you have a dream plane that you'd like to fly? Dream plane would probably be a King Air. I just King think, Air? Yeah, I just think that they're very, very just, plain, to be frank about it, they're very sexy aircraft. Yeah, they're and, pretty cool uh, looking. They can go long distances. They have high power. They can go to high altitudes. And I just think... Uh, they're the most practical plane if you want to fly around or fly your family around in the future. Yeah, King Airs are pretty cool. Flying around and just landing at airports, it's always awesome to see King Airs parked on the ramp. Yeah, they are beautiful. So you don't have your private pilot license yet, but I know that you're in the process of getting it. Is your goal as a pilot to become a professional pilot? Are you doing this for fun? Like, What is your goal for the future? Do you want to fly for the airlines or just for enjoyment? So I would, my end goal is to definitely make a career out of it. And with that, I, I would like to fly commercial. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure because there are pros and cons to flying like corporate, the corporate life or flying the commercial life. And like that's the big, big question. I think they're both good in their own way. But I think I would like to do commercial just based on that. Um, when it comes to 
like the overall flying and the preparation you have to do the commercial is a lot less you don't have to do the weight and balance and all that um you don't have to take care of the luggage and like all that stuff with the with the commercial as compared to corporate you literally do everything but overall i would like to make a career out of it and like to go to the airlines that would be my end goal for sure was dead set and becoming an airline pilot and flying a 787 for american airlines but as i've continued on this path i've realized that i really enjoy being on the uh, general aviation side i really enjoy talking to the fbo managers or the front desk ladies or the ramp workers that are fueling my plane i just really enjoy being around that side and seeing all the airplanes and i've started to see myself kind of turn from being a 121 geek to being more of a general aviation geek and just enjoying that life so i'm looking into more of going into the net jets or private route now right and that's what's great about aviation there's just so many different paths you can take and still make money at the same time and uh i think that's what a lot of people just think that it's only uh commercial or it's only corporate but like you mentioned there's many different paths you can take while still flying and making money at the same time that's very true. And no path is a bad path. Everyone has their own route to take. And that is the beauty of aviation. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into your Instagram page, Instaplane. Yes. What made you start Instaplane? Like why? Why repost popular aviation Instagram pictures or post pictures of your own experiences? So I've always kind of been like into technology and I've kind of uh, wanted to create a social media account that shared my aviation passion. Yeah. And so in uh, the January of 2015, I decided that I was going to make this account Instaplane. Okay. And um, it just kind of built up from there. I, I wanted to share other people's photography because there's a lot of photographers out there, uh, aviation photographers sp- uh, specifically, that have great content, but it's just hard to get noticed because Instagram is such a big network of like photos and accounts. And so... Uh, what my goal was when creating the account was to find the photographers who had the most inspiring pictures and who um, also needed to be discovered at the same time for their great photography skills. And so that's what happened. And uh, just thankfully, it just built up from there and we were able to build up to what it is now. And it's still still growing great. And the followers have been very supportive. All the support from around the world is just, in, just amazing. It really is incredible to see everybody just surround themselves around aviation. It has been. You guys have really grown in the past year. I, know, I think when I reached out to you guys around February of last year, you had about 68,000 followers. And now I just looked and you're up to 174,000 followers. Yeah. I mean, the the growth has just been mind boggling. It really is crazy. And I thank all the followers for that. Absolutely. For sure. That's awesome to see. Was it instantaneous, the followers, or did you guys no, work abs- at it? No, absolutely not. I had to work at it quite a bit, uh, outreaching through um, hashtags or other accounts and stuff. It took a lot of time. Um, when it hit around 10,000 though, uh, which is like one of the main milestone goals I think every account should have, it really just built up from there because people, when they see that um, when it's 10,000 or higher, they, th- they think it's more of a legit account. Now, that may not be true all the time, but um, that tends to be the case. And that's that's definitely what happened for us. And we were able just to build and expand on that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you guys have done a great job in the last year, like I said earlier. Now, I noticed that it says you have a co-founder on there as well. David, how did you add? Did you add someone to the account? Did you both have the same idea or how did that come about? 
So um, in April 2015, so just a few months after it started, I believe we were at like 10 to 12,000 12, followers. And I wanted to make the page as international as possible as I could. And that meant uh, posting and uh, during different times to create it more of a 24-hour account. And so I set up an, an application and um, my friend now, David, uh, he accepted the application and I checked out his photography and he's an incredible photographer. He's just absolutely amazing. Uh, not just aviation aviation photography, but other stuff as well. And so uh, I decided just to choose him and um, we've been working together ever since. He's 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 just great. He's always posting. He's um, just the nicest guy. We actually met up in Denver in August this year for the first time. We've never met before ever and that was that's uh, so cool it was really really cool just to be able to see that person you've been working with for over a year face to face and uh we'll definitely be seeing each other again in the future so that's how i chose david as my admin and it was definitely a very good decision that's awesome so do you guys share posting responsibilities or would you say you post more or does he post more how does that work um, so we usually try to post around three times a day and so that's yeah. like eight eight hours in between each because then that equals 24 hours and so um, I usually post twice a day, and then when I'm uh, when I'm sleeping, uh, it's also daytime over there in England. He's in he's in Manchester, England, oh, and cool. so he he posts then. And so um, you know, there's days sometimes where we talk about what we're going to post, and then there's other days where he and I just go for it, and it ends up working great. And so that's what's kind of cool is there's really good chemistry there because I have complete trust in him that he'll post good content, and I know he does uh, with me as well. So yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely crucial to have is to trust someone with your baby and i know instaplane is probably very close to you <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah that's true so do you guys plan post ahead of time or is it more like in that eight hours you're like all right we got to find the next one or do you always have the next one planned out before you even post it sometimes i have videos and photos planned out that i've like seen under the photos that are tagged under us and uh, most of the photos we do post have been either sent to us through direct through direct message or we've been tagged in them. And so I would say most of the time though, with just the busy, with the busy schedule I have, uh, when it comes time to post, we usually go under the tagged photos and we uh, thoroughly look over all, all the pictures, we gather um, a lot of them up and then we decide to, to post them. So there's a secret to getting reposted by your page. It's to tag and to what else would you say? I would say tag and direct message. Uh, we try to get to all the direct messages. We have a lot, and that's something that we could probably work on, I would say, as the page the most is getting back quicker. Yeah. But I would say that's probably the easiest way is to tag or send us a direct message with the photo or video that you want to have posted. All right, you've heard it from Patrick himself. To tag yes. him and to direct message him, and they will get back to you and let you know. Absolutely. That's awesome. Do you guys have a favorite account that you follow? Or you? There's so many good aviation accounts out there that it would be a shame if I were to mention, uh, if I were not to mention one. Um, but I mean, we have a lot of close friends like Aviation For You, uh, Instagram Aviation. Um, then we also have Jeffrey, for instance. And there's a so there's so many good aviation pages that are own that are just different and special in their own way. And true. I think that's kind of what helps make the aviation Instagram community well-rounded and to make our page well-rounded as well. For sure. Do you guys, do any of the major Instagram accounts, like do you guys talk to each other a lot? Do you coordinate yeah. each other? Yeah, we usually communicate with each other often, just ask how it's going in terms of growth and so forth. And uh, I mean, all, all the guys on these pages are just super, super nice guys and I, I respect them very much, so. That's really cool. That's cool to hear. 
What do you see the future of Instaplan? Do you want it to be more of a personal page or are you going to just keep it as it is? The future of Instaplan, um, I would like to, in- to integrate more personal content in forms of like videos and photos right. of me flying. And when it comes time to David for David to start flight school for him as well. Uh, we have put out three videos of a cross-country flight and I'm working on more right now. And uh, I think the response from those were good. People like to see, um, you know, more like personal stuff. And uh, if I was to, I would not change it completely to just a personal page because that transition would be hard. And I still want to obviously repost many of the uh, photographers out there, uh, their photos and their media. So I think we're kind of kind of trying to do is balance both of those together. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw those videos and those videos are really cool. It's good to, it's just inspiring to see that you can do it. You know, someone can be watching that video from Turkey and be like, well, look at Patrick. He's flying. Why don't I go fly? Yeah, absolutely. The process just starts from there. That's, that's the objective of the account as a whole is to inspire, you know, and whether that's through a picture, a video or a video of me flying or, you know, even some humorous content, if we, if we find some. So that's kind of, that's kind of the whole point of the page for sure. That is the whole point. Aviation is all about who, you know, and it's all about, who can inspire you and what photos or videos like you never know like you're saying that video could inspire a kid in manchester england to go pick up and go get into some kind of flight school and figure it all out right and uh when you said aviation is about who you know that's extremely true because uh if there's ever a field of work where connections are vital to success i would definitely say aviation is that uh the people you know could land you a job here or give you an opportunity there and so, I mean, the number one key I would say in aviation, besides landing and besides landing the plane safely, obviously, would be, <laughs> uh, knowing people and communicating well and just making yourself open to others. Right. No, I completely agree. Every job I've gotten so far has been based on friends that I know. They've all either known the known someone in the company or have been flying in the company themselves, and they have right. recommended me to get in the job. So it's definitely important to keep a good record with everyone that you know in aviation because you never know when you could be relying on someone for help to get a job. It's very true. It's very true. So I got one last question for you, and that's going to be if someone came to you today and asked you where do they begin or what advice do you have for me being a someone that's never flown before, what advice would you give me starting the process out today? So to start the process, you need to find a time in your life where you have um, time to fly and um, it, you you don't think that flying takes up that much time but really it's all about con- about consistency if you take multiple weeks off and then uh, after one flight then you kind of are wasting your time because you've lost what you've just learned and so you need to find a good time in your life where you can have the time and the energy to put forth into the flight school and then like we talked about earlier you need to find a airport that has a flight school and a program you need to choose the right school that's uh, the, choose the right school for you that has safe aircraft, good instructors, and a professional uh, system going on there. And um, I mean, if you've never flown before, I would say it's definitely something you might want to try out first before you just go all into it. Uh, a lot of schools have things called discovery flights where you fly up with an instructor for an hour or two, and uh, you sit in the left seat while they kind of like guide you through everything. And then you can see if you really, really want to do this or not. And that's something I would definitely recommend unless you know for sure that you want to be a 
pilot. But um, nine out of ten times after students go on the discovery flights, they are just hooked just like I was and they want to become a pilot. So I would say those are the things you definitely want to do if you're new to the game and you want to get started. I would agree. It's definitely important for everyone to at least try flying before they go all in. Don't buy your $1,000 headset or your $100 worth of books before you figure out this is something you think you could actually do because some people get up in the air and they might not like it. I mean, it happens. But like you said, nine out of 10 times you get in a plane, you're never going to stop going back up in it. That's very, very true. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you and Instaplane for always being there for us and always wanting to work with us. We can't wait to see where this goes in the future and just continue this friendship and continue this partnership that we have. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for reaching out to us. Uh, Thank you, Pilot to Pilot, for doing this. And I really do believe that your account and your idea is definitely going to take off. It's literally going to take off. And um, <laughs> Thanks, man. yeah, I, I we're looking forward to working with you guys in the future. And thank you for having me on here. No problem, man. I wish you the best in all of your flying. And if you ever want to come back on, just let us know. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. Have a good one. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. It was truly an honor to share Patrick Pierce's story. We truly believe that these stories can encourage and inspire aviators of all types. Please, please, please leave us a review. You can either do it at our Instagram page, at PilotThePilot, in the comment section, or DM us. Or you can head to our website, pilot2pilothq.wordpress.com. We want to hear what you think about our podcast, whether it's a five-star review, a one-star review. We want to know what we can do to improve and make this the best aviation podcast out there. We're also looking for more people to interview in the podcast. If you know of anyone that you think would be great and has an amazing aviation story, please email us at pilot2pilothq at gmail.com.